everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for some strange new conversations as we go back down memory lane. My dear friends, oh, not Lieutenant Commander Eric, it's straight up Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. How you fellas doing? I'm upset. I'm so, <laughs> Junior Ensign First Officer, Mother of Dragons, there second of his name, the great <laughs> Rainbow second Rider. Second of his name? The marketing team is still working on this, Commander. <laughs> we don't know, but we know that you're you're a pretty big deal in our book, David. So there you go. You want you want to be an admiral? I can make you an admiral. I think. No, no, I don't. I don't, I don't need to go that because I mean, you know, no, just no. <laughs> don't let them do anything to take you off the bridge of that ship. Don't let them promote you. Don't let them transfer you. Do anything to take you off the bridge of that ship. Look what happened to you. You let them. You let them promote you. <laughs> oh man, what a way to start a show! What a way to start a show. Well, we are. We're back to talk more, um, more retro, you know, nostalgia stuff with uh, with the Star Trek shows that have been coming out this year. And today we're going to obviously be talking about uh, Strange New Worlds. Um, as the title of this episode hopefully gives it away, I would think. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, first things first, you know, our, our, our old lodge meeting, our, our ramble session. By the way, Commander Eric, how did you get promoted? Because I don't remember this. Was like this like a order from like Starfleet Command or something that I don't know about? I, I mean, I guess. I'm not privy to all the communique that, that I get um, received above me. Bad go, man. About to Maybe get... I just promoted myself like Saru. Ooh, there we go. Because Saru technically never got promoted to captain. He just all of a sudden said, I'm the captain. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was great. I loved, I loved hearing that. Anyway. <laughs> No, um, let's see. What did we do? We uh, we went to the drive-thru up in New Braunfels, the drive-thru, the drive-in movie theater, right? Mm. I've never been to a drive-in movie movie what? in my entire life. Yeah, there was that one up on um, I know. Fenton Road. I never went to it, ever. I lived there a long time, never went to it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, first drive-in. We saw Nope and the Black Phone. I want to see Nope so bad. That looks hilarious. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I recommend it. Yep. You're going to like come away with it going, wait, what? <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> and you'll have to think about it for a while. Like, wait, what? Okay, yeah. And then I thought the black phone was pretty good, too. Pretty solid psychological thriller movie. Psychological. psychological. Ethan Hawke, you know, in his run as playing the bad guy here recently. Hmm. Mm. Love it when a plan comes together. All right. Yeah. All right. And then, you know, I've been starting, uh, you know, faculty professional development before school starts up here in like another week. <clears throat> Some of that's boring, right? Because I've been through it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we've been wedding planning, right? Dun, Making, dun, dun, getting that stuff, dun, right? Dun, There's dun. a lot more things to do than you think there is. Chase knows about that. Yeah. Yeah. David knows about that too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. 
family. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a party, man. It's a party. <laughs> so, are there going to be fajitas at your wedding? I just got to know this. We're it's in New Orleans. I don't think they eat fajitas in New Orleans. <laughs> Everybody eats fajitas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody. I mean, there's going to be like beignets. Okay. All right. I had right. etouffee for the first time today. That was that was etouffee, good. Etouffee, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, I went to a diner today and got a really nice club sandwich. However, what was also on the menu at this little American diner, fajitas and quesadillas. Let's everywhere. do it. Well, I mean, you can yes. get quesadillas everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cultural appropriation at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> You can slap it on a griddle. You can slap it on a plate. <laughs> oh, man. So do y'all remember the, uh, what was it? The Budweiser, like, Real Men of Genius commercials yes. from, like, forever those were, ago. Those were hilarious. <laughs> so I was, um, like, just the, the Facebook algorithm, you know? Like, it just, like, shows you, like, random stuff. And I get, I see this one, and like I just flip up, and it just starts like playing, you know, like the real men of genius. <laughs> and it's like this dad, and he has a fishing pole, and attached to the to the line or whatever, is like you know like a wiffle ball or like a plastic baseball or something, so his son can practice batting. So, <laughs> 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 so he he like he like has the, he's holding the fishing rod right. And like he like lets go of it, you know, like to loosen the line, and the sun like just whacks it, and it goes way out there, and he just starts reeling it back. And God, I laugh so hard! <laughs> I laugh so hard watching that. Those commercials need to make a comeback. I'm just saying, maybe we you know, can. A couple, uh, you know, remember like a couple years ago, Geico brought back some of their classic commercials for like a like a like a like a voting competition or something like the. Did the little piggy cry wee 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 all the way home? And it was like the pig in the backseat of the car, like wee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the pinwheel. Oscar, Oscar, yeah, you're home. Oh, thanks, Mrs. S. <laughs> you know those those Geico commercials. Those were awesome. Uh-huh. And then my, I think my favorite like old commercials, like the Comcast turtles. Do you remember those? No, I think I remember. They were that like one. the the they, they were the Comcast turtles. There's the slow skis, Bill and Carolyn slow ski, right? And they didn't like fast internet, like com like you got with Comcast. They like slow internet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being so confused how to get on the internet when we got like DSL and cable, because I was just so used to having like. A portal that you had to like open the software for and like dial up and stuff like you know we didn't have AOL because like AOL was just too expensive we had like off-brand like random stuff like Flashnet or whatever and we didn't use Internet Explorer so I remember I remember we, we got Comcast installed and it was like how do I get on we just click on Internet Explorer what a R R I P Internet Explorer though. Right. It sucked. You were it terrible. Did suck. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Go away. 
We knew you e all too well. Yeah, t- yeah. Internet Explorer. Um, well, I mean, it, it's it's dead, but because of how long it takes to load, it'll probably take another twenty years before it realizes it's dead. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Would you like to choose Internet Explorer as your default browser? No. No. <laughs> Why would you God, ask no. that? <laughs> or Edge? Like, who really wants Edge? I mean, come on. Now. Who wants to use Safari either? That is yeah, awful. That agreed. Mm. All right, Chrome. Don't let us down. You Apple people and your Apple product love for Apple products and your sycophantism. And just like that. <laughs> wow. Okay, Android user. And just like that. Probably over there with a Google Pixel or something. And just like that, Eric has been demoted back to oh, Lieutenant damn. Commander. Damn, you can change our names? Because I feel like I'm the one who set my name. Nope, I did. <laughs> I have the power. It's my ship. My I station. I have the power! Oh, Lord have mercy. All right, well. Anything else? Anything else we need to process or whatever about? Uh, you, you know what, Chase? You'll you'll be happy about this because uh, it's been a little while, but... You're moving to Texas? To, you know, I used to send some pictures, you know, nothing, nothing weird, <laughs> weird about it. But uh, Tuesday went to a ball game yeah, and it was dime a dog night. Hello. And I ate all the, let's go. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you took all those years off your life, all right? the years <laughs> off of, off of my life. Stood in a big old long line, just got 10 steaming hot, hot dogs and their little plastic wraps so they're all nice and mushy and it was hilarious because not only were there two lines in to one of the whatever little vendors but there was also another line right in the middle and that was just for condiments and as we're just passing it's like how long does it take you to put mustard on a hot dog man get 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 it going so that was that was that was fun (laughs) nothing else Okay, good. <laughs> so, what condiments did you choose? Mustard. Just mustard. Yeah, ballpark mustard, and then yellow mustard on some of the other ones. Yeah, I so. eat mustard. I like I like mustard. I'll, I'll do ketchup too sometimes, but because uh, I'm not like weird, but no relish. That's gross. Oh man. Just like that. Next Twitter poll: What condiments do you put on your space hot dog? <laughs> Hey. <laughs> see, people people can't see what's going on right now. But you see, with that comment like that about mustard and Eric hating it. Wow. He just got demoted to lieutenant. Man. Wow. Keep that up. You might make it down to Ensign before the night's over. You never know. It's going to be one of those shows, y'all. It's going to be one of those shows. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I'm glad to be back with all y'all. This, since we last um, got together to to talk Trek, it has been a wild ride, y'all. A wild ride. So, um, I think the last time 
that we met. Um, I was about to start uh, my new job, um, going into it at least, and my son got like some like nasty, like allergic reaction, kind of a rash type of thing, and it was it was gnarly. And then my daughter got the Rona, um, and then I was fine. And then I got the Rona. And then my son and my daughter didn't, so it's just been like one thing right after the other. So it's it's been fantastic. It's been fantastic. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, everyone's in the clear now. No weird rashes. No Rona. No none of that stuff. So we are we're good to go. That's so good to hear. yeah. Um, so anyway, y'all ready to? The talk track. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right, everyone. You well, <laughs> like we've been um, doing the the last uh, few weeks or whatever, uh, we are going to continue our journey into um, into our, our retrospectives over the shows that have been airing this year. So, um, of course, this time brings us to Strange New Worlds, season one. And um, guys, this show, um, I mean, it's the, the one that was the most recent, of course, but this premiered uh, May 5th um, this year, and um, it just finished here um, a month ago, basically. So, I mean, this is still pretty fresh for us as far as I'm concerned. Um, so with that, like we always start off, like, um, you know, with with this episode, of course, or this this season, I'm sorry, we'll be talking about like overall themes and, of course, things we liked and weren't too too crazy about, and then you know eventually revisiting you know like what the overall rating for the season is. So to kind of get us started, like what are some themes from this first season of Strange New Worlds that you think were pretty prevalent? Well, before we get into themes, I'd like to just take a moment to talk about my interest and excitement level i feel like what i've done for each of these things that we've come up with um <clears throat> so you know how when what it was like three years ago i feel like when discovery season two aired ah, like in the spring of 2019 or something like that um and I, I i think season two of discovery is its best season mostly because you've got like a solid captain in that captain seat. And I think we all were like really high on Anson Mount's performance as Captain Pike, <clears throat> a character who like we really honestly didn't know that much about. Like, I mean, we saw him in one episode and then he was in what, some of the Kelvin movies, but it's a different character. So like, what do we know about Captain Pike? But you know, and then he was like teasing, hey, Hey, you know, do you want Strange New Worlds? Do you want Strange New Worlds? Like, yes, give it to us. And then, you know, we got like a drop of like character names on Star Trek Day in the fall, right? Like, ooh, we got number one's name and we got a Anunian Singh. Ooh, what's the, what's that? And we got like a, you know, an Enar. Like, oh, that's cool. Played by like a, a blind actor. Hey, that's cool. And we got these name drops and we're like, building some excitement we're building some excitement and they're like hey this is gonna be returned to like classic in quote star trek form where we're gonna be episodic and we're gonna do some actual exploring you know we're gonna we have a ship called discovery but we don't do any discovering 
<laughs> and and I know I remember David was like, I will believe the episodic nature of the show when I see it. But until I see it, you can tell me that all you want. I will not believe it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Accurate. And so, like, you know, we had the disappointing Discovery season four. I thought it was disappointing. We had, like, a disappointing Picard season two. I think our last episode really tells us all how we were very disappointed with that. And so, like, my excitement level was high for this because I was like, oh, hey, classic, episodic. And they were, like, talking about how, like, maybe we're going to teach you a lesson, but we're going to sweeten the pill. You know, there'll be some moral dilemmas in there, and you can learn something from this. I'm like, I'm excited. Like, I'm excited. Give, give me excited. And then it premiered, finally, right? Finally it premiered. And I think we we're still watching Picard. I think there were maybe, like, two or three episodes in there where they were both on at the same time. Or maybe just one. one. Just the one. Just one? Yeah, just it was one. the last episode so of Picard. Picard. Picard and Discovery were on, like, I think three episodes. To, okay, yeah. So it premiered. It was on at the same time. And I think we saw, we immediately saw the quality difference between the two shows. And that first episode, <clears throat> I mean, it's not, like, the greatest episode ever. But it's a really good episode, That the first episode. And this show, like, it didn't have to introduce your character, like, all of your characters, because, you know, we basically introduced a lot of them in Strange New Worlds with Pike and Spock. We know Spock, right? And number one, and we knew Uhura, but we're learning a different Uhura. And, you know, we had to introduce to Lon. But, like, <clears throat> it came out of the gate strong. It was really good. And it stayed good. Like the quality of this show stayed good the yep. entire time, right? And so I was super excited, and I think it lived up to that excitement for me. Yeah. As far as themes, you know, being a real episodic show, I don't know if like there's like a one big overriding unifying theme to this season. I mean, you can say like, you know, the like I don't know destiny is the right word but like throughout the season we talked a lot about you know pike's journey he knows his future and can he learn to accept that can he learn to change that like does does knowing when he's going to die does that change how he'll act in the moment i think you see some of that along the way but i think i think a big theme is like is really like exploration like we are exploring here we're we're going to different planets we're meeting different people and we're there's like different civilizations and we're exploring and we're learning from them and then there are lessons to take away like from the first episode hey you can blow each other up or you can try to talk to each other right from the second episode hey you have like a science versus faith um dilemma uh from the lift let the tree of sorrow lift us where suffering cannot reach right you have this like what is the price of paradise so to speak you know and so there's these like moral dilemmas and there's these lessons that we can learn from it and i think star trek has always done that going back to the beginning and i think it was good to see that come back so i don't know if that's like a unifying theme 
but there's like little themes that we can that we can pick and choose from these sure I would say that just to kind of build off of Eric's very first thing like it's 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 tough for me to like because I'm not really a television watcher to get excited about much because I just generally don't watch things especially not new things kind of the fun thing about you know doing the podcast is that I'm I'm forced you know I'm forced to watch these new things it's scary and weird but you know I, I I do I do appreciate while I might not always like the thing that's being put out there I do appreciate the the, the newness of it going through it obviously with you guys we've talked about that a million times having the conversations it's, it's really a lot of fun now I will say proudly that the themes that I just you know we we had all talked about it every single show were the deltas <laughs> they actually made a show around the deltas you had uh, a journey through command almost uh, uh, um, uh, what do you uh, chase what do you call your your whole ending of your phd thing what, what's what's that called dissertation dissertation a dissertation in command you have you know a, a very clear and concise uh operational uh, standard being set there you have science for the love of god uh you know and like the, these sort of things are what a, a star trek show should be themed at its core now you build on top of that uh but those at its core are, are what we what we've kind of become used to yeah. with past star treks and it was just so nice to say at the end of each of it uh, with maybe the exception of perhaps one where i might not have been as complimentary i guess but maybe it was the elysian kingdom because that was more of a, a fairy tale than a than an actual you know whole deal but at, at any rate it's really nice to have all those present it's really nice to see them centrally displayed um and I, I just I really enjoyed that. I also would have to say, you know, you know how we we joked about family and friendship and all of that sort of bonding with discovery and how it felt like kind of forced because we didn't really get to know anybody. Well, in this, from its very onset, we got, you know, a Leon uh, Leon story where we saw how Pike and her interaction brought them closer together. And then we were shown, you know, her relationship with number one and kind of how that built, you know, like the, they played that game. Uh, Enterprise bingo. In yeah, Enterprise bingo. So you actually had this, this um, spirit of friendship and family and being a cohesive crew and all that all present. Uh, and you told those stories. You got to know these people. So those were, it was actually very organic, although it was baked into the the uh, kind of uh, formula of, of the episode. So th those were a couple things that, that I picked out. And then really kind of the, the last uh, thing here, 
is struggle with inevitability. Mm. I mean, how many times do people, uh, you know, it, it, there's always a question of, of fate. Is fate real? Do Can we struggle against it? In this particular uh, season, we have Pike's struggle with his future that he knows. He knows how it felt. He knows what it looks like. He knows the date, the time. He knows the people involved. He sees everything about it and he has to struggle with, should I go through with it? Can I fight it? Um, and inevitably, I, I think that that was a very interesting bit of storytelling uh, that, that I was, I thought was well executed, so. Yeah, I, I think the, one of the, one of the things for sure that, um, that was like really showing up for me was this, um, I think this piece of like identity, like who am I type of thing that's like showing up, like we see it of course, like with Uhura, like as a cadet, like in the beginning, you know, like she's this cadet, but she's, you know, doing like these different tours and has like this, you know, horrible thing that happened to this horrible tragedy that happened to her, this horrible tragedy that's going to happen to Pike. Um, and then you have like this, this piece of like um, fate, also that's kind of like rolled into all this stuff too like even with like of course like pike being like our main character but also like una right like with her being an illyrian and what that means for her to serve like who am i in this organization um um hammer and who am i and what is the purpose what is my mission my calling my whatever right that I'm I'm supposed to be doing and you know once I know what that is and I've done that then you know my life is over according to my my culture type of thing so I think I think that they they did it really well without it being too much of like a bonky on the head type of thing with it um with like of course like with what all y'all are saying um too um, but I really think like the identity piece like really comes through very well and it's very nuanced in how they tee it up and how they execute it for the most part. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, I, I, this this was a show, um, this and Prodigy were the two shows, I think I've said that before, that I was the most excited about uh, coming out and I was um, not not disappointed in the least with with what we got with uh, this first season of Strange New Worlds. So, um, I guess that that's kind of like a good segue in terms of like talking about what did we like about this first season? Like, what really stood out to us as just like really well done, just enjoyable? Well, I think the thing that stood out most to me was the presence of a true captain like yeah like this is something like like a discovery has been lacking a true captain uh we didn't even rate the deltas in picard because we said what's the point right it's like like that's not the point of the show and we weren't really rating his command um but like anson mount crushed this role like just straight up crushed this role as captain pike and he is and it's like a different style of command because he's like he's a pragmatist every time we get to a to a situation like okay let's how do we solve this immediate problem right now and let's go around like 
who's got an idea all right good we're gonna go with that idea and that's just so refreshing to see from like the michael burnham who always comes up with the idea and this is what we're gonna do it's incredibly refreshing it's just it's a different style of command it's incredibly effective and it was just great to see that presence in the captain's seat and i think I gave a command delta, I'm pretty sure every week with the exception of maybe one, because I thought, you know, he, he just, he did a fantastic job and was great in that center seat. But then like <clears throat> a return to science, mm-hmm. like, like, they, mm-hmm. like we are doing science. Like I keep going. I, I, I don't know. I love the movie avatar. I don't know how you two feel about that, but you get the one scene where he's with M night Shyamalan. No, you get the one scene where Jake Sully first shows up into the science lab and he's just a jarhead. He's like, so here I am doing science. <laughs> no, it's like, so it's like, so here we are doing science. It's like, okay, children of the comet. We have to figure out a way to like, okay, first, how do we get around the shields on the comet? Okay. Now we're down on the comet. Now, how do we open this giant egg control thing? Well, we got to do some science to figure it out. How do we move the comet without touching it? Well, we fly the little shuttle in there and we we move. We figure out a way to science science our way out of this problem. We go to Memento Mori, which, yeah, we're fighting, but we're not just fighting our way out. We're not just engaged in a firefight. Hey, let's drop our phasers or shoot our torpedoes because we can't it's like okay we turned the what the compass into a radar to like locate the gorn ships and then we got right over one and we dropped the torpedo on it and then we figured out a way to use like an like an hvac unit as like a bomb (laughs) right it's like we scienced our way out we scienced our way out of this problem and it was like cool to see rather than just like turn and fight fire at will right and so you know we're sciencing we're using science and then like i said the the ethical problems that i think were posed in here uh especially you know what's the price of paradise is it worth you know basically brainwashing and sacrificing a child um but also like in like with una you know she's an illyrian and, and the illyrians like you know, is it right or is it wrong to hide who you are, right? To hide your genetic augmentations to still be in Starfleet. Um, and then those Illyrians, they wanted they wanted so bad to join Starfleet that they were willing to like de-augment themselves. Like, what is the price you pay? What's this like moral conundrum here? Um, and I thought I thought the show handled like basically all of those things incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think um, all, all those all those are great. I, I would definitely say that a um, a return to more of a I don't want to say rigid, but more of an understood command structure. You know, where you have a clear mm-hmm. captain, you have a very clear first officer, you have the rest of the crew who is consistently involved in bringing suggestions to the table an actual table by the way 
for for Eric's, but you know, <laughs> no, it's a table. Um, what a novel concept, and we can sit down instead of stand up at the bar. Uh, but anyway, I think that that sort of structural stuff there is really nice to see, as opposed to just this random kind of ill-defined family that just winds up feeling like they're constantly questioning themselves and questioning each other um because i mean conceivably in a well-run ship with a good commander and 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 a good first officer and you know a security officer and science officer and all this stuff you should run far more efficiently because you should trust each other you you should be able to rely on each other's expertise and i think that that was one of the things that was so lacking in discovery is that nobody really showed their expertise. And as Eric uh, will, will point out from time to time, it was always the quick snap. Oh yeah. I know what to do from Michael Burnham as opposed to like showcasing other people's talent. So in here we were able to showcase other, a other hundred percent, which was, it was just, it was, it was a great thing to, to see. Um, you know, I love the fact that we have, as Eric put it, the science, uh, j- just actually rationing our way out of problems that we have as opposed to just firing our everything, fire everything, everything. It's like, yeah, but you didn't have to. And even in our, in our finale, I like the fact that we explored a storyline where, you know, Kirk made what in quotations was the right decision for that time but we showed what pike would do which that episode is lower rated i think for all of us mainly at least lower on the grand scheme of things because i don't really think that they really took the right lesson from that particular episode eric you you gave a, a a dissertation on that, that when we did it. So see, I remember words, um, but <laughs> I think that the the showing of what Pike would have done in this situation was great uh, because that is technically the right way to have handled it. It just unfortunately didn't wind up being the right thing for history at, at that particular time. So I like those think those thought puzzles that they've given us. It's like here are things to actually think about discovery run and gun lower decks bunch of sex jokes picard i don't really know (laughs) i don't really know what 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 i'm supposed to think about there in this i get to think every week about a new problem about uh uh, well i mean there's some crossover with the gorn we we saw that uh, 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 twice i believe two two times yeah um but I, i i really enjoy jumping each episode thinking about a a brand new problem non just it it, is everything doesn't have to be interconnected we don't have to fight the big bad guy we can fight individual little little uh problems and so forth so those those were a couple things i liked and then just just the last thing it's just nice to to be able to care about everybody in the crew for sure it's nice it's nice to get a little bit and, and i know that like I've, I've seen some comments about like uhura but i actually really like uhura's journey here i i kind of like seeing a little bit more of her as a cadet kind of some of her trepidation when it comes to joining starfleet maybe it wasn't quite the right thing but 
Um, you know, and even Spock with T'Pring. I like that sort of goofy relationship, that goofy Vulcan relationship that they have. It's it's kind of kind of a fun thing to see. So, just exploring the individual crew and getting to actually know them, it, it just bears repeat. It's such a nice thing to see again. Yeah. yeah. The thing that um I mean, like, I don't want to just necessarily, like, repeat what you all are saying, but, like, just the fact that we have, like, this episodic way of, of like, returning to, right? Like, we were able to not have to be bogged down by one singular story stretched out over ten episodes. Now, I know... I was the one that gave the highest rating for the Elysian Kingdom. But what if that was like the season long story? Right? Like what would that do for Strange New Worlds if the Elysian Kingdom was the season long story? We would probably not be singing its praises. Right? I mean, like, but like, like I'm being, I'm being like a little like ridiculous right now, but like, that's the thing though. Like, you have like a story that you're not too crazy about and yet it's being stretched out over 10 episodes. So you don't really, it doesn't get like extra life. Right. But like we had like whether, whether Elysian kingdom was a dud for everyone for, you know, a third of us, two thirds of us, whatever. doesn't matter. Like I liked it. There are other people out there in the, in the multiverse that liked it and that's fine. Um, but for the most part, like the rest of the season was just so good because we got like the comedies, we got like the dramas, the heck, we got some horror in there for crying out loud. Uh, we had so many different genres that I thought they did really well in terms of how do we approach it from a Star Trek standpoint, right? Like how do we do horror as Star Trek? How do we do comedy as Star Trek? And just in general, I mean, it was it was really well done, um, and, and like y'all are saying, you know, like we got to like this ensemble cast. Like for the most part, we got to focus on everyone close to once uh, throughout this season. Um, I think the only exception was um, Ortegas. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't think Chapel. I mean, she was didn't have her own episode, but I think she had a big enough story in other people's yeah. episodes yeah she yeah. really got to shine like especially like with her being introduced as like this geneticist and how they're going to you know do the thing and like the even the premiere episode and just showing up and you know showing like that friendship with spock and like getting to see like those other angles those other perspectives that we know are coming in um original series right but like just like the that fresh you know breath of life being breathed into these these characters was just really well done. Um, the thing that I really liked, which I'm actually kind of bummed that I never talked about it. So I'm a, I'm a bad cap apparently, but like the music, man, like the music was just really well done. I thought this season, um, I really, I was really digging the, the opening theme and stuff. And, um, I don't know if y'all poked around on YouTube or not, but there have been like all these like edits and remixes to, to it where like they've overlaid like the enterprise theme song or they've overlaid like the prodigy theme song with like the opening graphics and some of the opening music of prodigy or of, I'm sorry, of strange new worlds. 
um, and it's just been it's been really fun. So I've I've really enjoyed seeing the reaction um, in general um, that the fan base has had too. So, um, yeah, like the and I mean I don't know I don't really know what else to say. I mean we just had like a lot of really good content, and that's I guess that's what I'll say. Like I'm glad that I didn't have to worry or theorize about what's going to happen in episode two of 10 of this serialized story, right? Not serialized, but like, where are we going to go next? How's this going to end? Like, yeah, there like, there's like this thread that's going through all of it, of course, like keeping it together, but they're standalone. You know, I mean, I liked not having to worry. I mean, that, that's really good. Not having to worry. So, um, I think the only one that like really maybe connected like we're kind of sequels to each other we're maybe strange new worlds and equality of mercy maybe and of course um memento mori and um what was that all those who wander i think were the two gorn episodes if i'm not mistaken yeah so um so yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna kind of throw y'all a curveball um now whether it's our actual ratings or not but did y'all have a favorite episode from this season you know on this you know the highest rated episode that for all of us uh, was um memento mori and I, I think that's just a fantastic episode which i probably rated a little too low and we can talk about that later sure but like on a rewatch like rewatching this this past week man children of the comet is just a fantastic episode like I don't know what more you could really want from a Star Trek episode than that. Like, it's got, you know, excitement and wonder from a junior officer. And I think, you know, that's something that I really liked about Enterprise. Like, there was, like, an excitement and a newness to everything from the entire crew. But, like, you know, a junior officer. Like, I'm standing on a comet. Like, how <laughs> cool is this? Like, I'm, I, do you want to stand on a comet? Hell yeah, I want to stand on a comet. (laughs) (laughs) But then, like, okay, you know, we're using music, which is, like, based on math, to open this up. We're not, it's not an engineering problem, so to speak. Um, And I think Spock gives Uhura a really good pep talk. Like, at first, she's like, was that your idea of a pick-me-up speech? (laughs) <laughs> and then, like, he gave a better one. It's like, you know, you might not think you're supposed to be here, but you are here right now, and it's up to you to do this. And, and like, we all have confidence that you can do this. right? So there's, like, I know Spock is, was, is I don't know what the command structure is. If Is he, like, fourth in command of this ship? Is he third in command? I think La'an is maybe ahead of him. I don't know. But anyway, that's not the point. But he's not, like the second in command he's like a little bit lower down and he's he's learning he's still learning to be in command and that's a good point where he learns to be in command yeah and then like science versus faith like it's it's an ongoing question that there is no answer to it and you know you can you can always sort of find things to agree with on one side and find things to agree with on the other side and pike is like a diplomat like one thing that we saw throughout this is Pike is a diplomat. Like he's let's talk about this. Let's open up a dialogue. And he's opening up a dialogue with this shepherd guy. 
and then you know we use science to move the comet and it's just i don't know really what more you could want from a star trek episode other than that and just on a rewatch man i just enjoyed the heck out of that episode for sure yeah it's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard for me to narrow down because i I really think that there are like there are five like class almost like classic episodes here um i would say children children of the comet is probably the best episode of the season i i think more than likely i I probably could have rated that higher than what i did but i think i was sort of trying to temper things a little bit not go crazy i think i think we all were yeah except for me (laughs) Well, yeah, kind of. Uh, Memento Memento Mori was was a really great. It was it was a great episode. Uh, It gave all the suspense that you that you really want out of. I don't know, just out of anything. I mean, sometimes a faceless enemy is scarier than a than that alien episode that they did. uh, You know, episode nine that I don't want to talk about again. Um, Spock and Muck, I really, I really enjoyed Spock and Muck a lot too. I mean, that was, it was just, that was just enjoyable. I, I, I know that, you know, sometimes the relationship stuff can get a little bit much, but I, I, I just genuinely enjoyed it. Um, lift us where suffering cannot reach. I probably should have put that up a little higher than what I did too, because that wound up being one of the better like moral episodes out there if only we could have um you know just just put in a you know just just a random cameo from another captain just from the future uh you know from a space station near a wormhole uh just to narrate it that would have been fun um but but at any rate like there were there were so many good things here but yeah i mean children of the comet probably easily is is just one of those episodes that if i if somebody said hey i want to watch this but like i only have time for one episode that's probably the episode you watch i'd agree i've been i've been singing the the praises of children of the comet i think all season i mean even though we all collectively you know ranked or or not ranked rated uh memento mori higher um like just me being a music nut and my dissertation being based around music anyway um it's it's easily going to that was easily my favorite one for the season so sorry to get us off topic a little bit but um i guess with that you know like we've we've been talking about like this being so refreshing and things that we liked and like even like taking a few minutes to talk about uh you know our favorite episode but what have been some things, no matter how big or small, that maybe we haven't been too crazy about? Maybe things that we weren't liking as much um, this in this premiere season. Um, I, I'll go first, and I'll, um, I think the problem that I had as we got toward the end of the season, because the season started out really strong probably peaked in the middle and then I think we all agree some of the later episodes weren't quite as good as the beginning not that they were bad but I think my biggest issue with those episodes at the end is messaging like there's some ideas here 
that I think missed the mark. Like, missed the mark pretty big, in my opinion. Like, if we go to All Those Who Wander. Okay, so Hemmer gets infected with the Gornags, and we're just like, gotta, gotta commit suicide. No, we can't. We can't try to fix. The, where's the hope? Where's the optimism? Where's the hey? Let's let's put you, freeze you on ice. Let's put you in the transporter buffer like we got somebody else, right? And let's figure something out. Let's not just immediately resign ourselves to the fact that you have to take a swan dive out of the back of the ship. So I think messaging wise, I don't think that fits with what I want from my Star Trek. I think the Elysian Kingdom has a big messaging problem toward the end that I'll let Chase talk about a little bit more because he's a little bit more qualified for that. <laughs> um, mm. And then I think Quality of Mercy totally misses the mark. Like I said it when we talked about that episode. Uh, from a messaging perspective, I don't understand what they're trying to do here. They're trying to say, hey, you strive for something better, Pike. You said, let's open up a dialogue. Let's communicate. Let's talk. Let's be diplomats. Let's try to just end this endless war. But you know what? That didn't work. Maybe you should have just shot your weapons at first and destroyed that other ship. I, I have a big problem with that as the message that the episode is trying to present. I have a big problem with that. Like, and I, like... That episode is the highest rated episode on IMDb. That episode has a 9.2 on IMDb, which wow. I kind of understand where some people are rating that episode high. Like, because it's like, oh, it's Balance of Terror and it's Captain Kirk. And like, but like, man, I just, I have a big problem with that episode and the messaging there. And, and so I think the last three episodes all have some big messaging issues. And I think Chase can talk more eloquently about one of them. You know what would have been an interesting thing, at least for me, to do with Equality of Mercy? To mm. have... <laughs> it, it doesn't work, granted. But would have, it would have been an interesting thing to think about is if they actually did make some sort of peace. If, it, if, if Pike's solution actually did, in quotations, work, but it still breaks down, like, later because the Romulans are the Romulans. So instead of shooting first, they never get back. Now we have a dialogue. Pike is able to negotiate something temporary, but then you could just say it still goes south because the, the, the problem is, as Eric has just pointed out with the last couple of episodes there in the season, the message hits the mark. When has negotiation ever, I mean, like in totality failed? Now, there are, there are threats to negotiations. There are things that sidetrack them. There are things that blow them up. But the point is to keep trying, to keep attempting to hold a dialogue, to talk, to negotiate, to use your brain for the love of God. It doesn't take a big brain to push a button. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe on a starship, you know, hundreds of years in the future, it might take more than that. But anyway, I just think it would have been interesting to have been bolder. And that leads into sort of some of some of what I wanted to say here is that 
how unoriginal some of the ideas became towards the latter half of the season. The Elysian Kingdom is an original series episode. Like, all you needed were harps and, you know, singing Ahura, and then, you know, it would have been perfect. It would have been a, a, an episode, a, a kind of a, one of the kooky episodes from a, you know, a 50-episode season, you know? It's an homage. All Those Who Wonder is Alien. It's the movie Alien in a shorter form with all the gore and death that you could want. Uh, and then that that Hammer thing. That still irritates me that you, 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 okay, he does the swan dive, but then you pan out and you show his little tiny ragdoll body just, you know, just... <laughs> Just falling down a chasm. It's like, it's so unnecessary. It is so unnecessary. And then, you know, quality of mercy again, like I, I don't want to like continue to echo Eric here, but it was like, it was, it, you, you just missed the mark. And, and what's the originality? You're at that point, you're trying to do the Picard lesson with a past episode that everybody loves. Uh, like last season, Picard was essentially tapestry. We all like tapestry. It's one of my favorites. We all like Balance of Terror, but like, if you could just, like, just for a season, not feel the need to draw off of every other little thing in the universe and just make your own thing, your own thing. Because this season started so good. It was so nice. Yeah. And it humped like a bell curve. <laughs> I don't want to say it plummeted, but boy, oh boy, did that thing even out towards the end. So it's more like a chi-square distribution because it starts high. I understand that reference. The tail. Okay. I understood that you reference. You know, when I sit down at my desk in my in my office and I at my bank job, we don't have any room for these curves here. <laughs> Oh man, oh man. Yeah, where 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 do I start? Um, let, let me, I'll just start with the Elysian Kingdom. I really enjoyed the Elysian Kingdom, except for the ending. It did not stick the landing for me at all. I make no apologies for the fact that I enjoy like the whole, you know, Ren Fair, Ren Fest type of stuff. So like that, I mean, that was just perfect for me. Like I, I was like really digging that, really, really digging it. And we get to the end where we're in Mbenga's quarters. He, he finally reaches his daughter and she's talking to a nebula. And this whole, the whole story with Mbenga at, up to this point has been not just learning about him, but the problem that he's facing with trying to find a cure and heal his daughter. I'm a dad, and whenever like that whole thing was going on, I was blubbering like a baby, like just watching it happen. And that was an issue for me. Like, as a dad, like I'm gonna do every doggone thing I can do to make sure that research is being pursued that trials or whatever you know like just every single corner is looked around every single thing is tried and 
probably not never giving up even if I wanted to. Like you like if your kids are happy, you're happy type of thing. Like you you want the best for your kiddos. And it just it landed really 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 not bad, wrong um as a dad, as a parent. Um now I'm sure there are parents listening to this right now and they maybe have a completely different opinion. That's fine. But I hated not just like I hated the fact that we had essentially a season's worth of character development showing the commitment of this doctor, right? This daddy. And he effectively is like, nah. I mean, I got some blueprints from some random dude, you know, just a few episodes ago about how a cure could happen, but it's fine. It's fine. Just go, go live a, you know, an ascended life type of thing out in, out in space. I have a problem with that. I have a major problem with that. Like you're just backing off a season's worth of character development. That's not cool, man. That is just not cool. Um, either see it through and it's maybe not what you're hoping for. Like you're able to cure, but it comes at like some other cost, not going off with like some gaseous anomaly type of thing in a nebula and showing up five seconds later as a 30 year old like that's like do something else like maybe it's a like a repeat inoculation or something or you know you you I don't know like not not a bubble boy kind of thing but there maybe just something else where there's a there's some other cost but to completely say I give up which is basically what he did that's problematic for his character um yeah the I really like like you guys. I really like the first um, five six episodes. I think the lift us were suffering cannot reach is kind of like where you know it was. I think the point of demarcation for me, like after that, I think the last what four ish episodes, four episodes, were just like meh. Like these were not well developed stories. Like Serene Squall, like I felt cheated. Because I was really digging Dr. Aspen. I was like, okay, cool. I like this character. I like where this is going. But then it just became like this really smarmy, like, you know, mustache-ish twirling character. Like, just so comic book-esque. Like, it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. And an otherwise good lead-up, I thought. You know? Um... All those who wander, like, I'm not a horror fan. Like, I've seen Alien and Aliens and, you know, the other, you know, like, sci-fi horror, like, flicks before, but it's not something I really care about. And I just, like, I know that it was, like, essentially a carbon copy of Alien. And I know David's been the one that's saying this, like, remember when Star Trek was the trendsetter? And, like, they were the ones that were, like, doing the thing and other people were doing our thing? And I'm like, this was just, it was this and, um, oh, Eric, help me out. Even if you have to cheat, that's fine. Um, the episode where Tilly takes, um, the cadets, um, on the snow planet or whatever. All, all is possible. There we go. 
it just kind of gave me like those vibes too. Like we were just like in a way kind of like recycling bits of that as well. So like, I just, I want like better. I want, um, now like, look, I know it's like almost half the season, but like there were good things in there. I just think they needed more tightening up. Like they maybe needed like a few more notes. They maybe needed like a few more drafts or something. Um, and I, and I, I have faith that they can do it because they've given us, you know, I'd say six out of 10 really good episodes, maybe seven out of 10 really good episodes this season. Um, but over, I mean, I do think it's been a strong start, but that's just where I'm at. Um, and I guess the other thing that I just dislike, and it's been this like, it's, it's almost becoming a trope with this era of Trek. And that is the fleet. Why, oh why, do we have to have the fleet showing up at the end of every season almost? I get it. It wasn't like actual like the fleet, but like we have like a fleet staring each other down. Like when the, like Eric, like you and I, we, I think you mentioned this actually. Like when the fleet shows up, that's a big friggin' deal, right? Like especially like Deep Space Nine, like when the fleet shows up, that's a big friggin' deal. Like, I don't want us to get so accustomed to fleet showing up that when it does show up, it's not a big deal anymore. Yeah, totally. Like, Discovery Season 2 ended that way. Picard Season 1 ended up that way. Discovery Season 3 ended that way. Here now, Strange New Worlds, we got a fleet. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're totally right. <sighs> All right, well... Picard season two had the fleet at the end, right? Yes. They were, I mean, they were already assembled in episode one, but we went back there. Dang, man, lots of fleets assembled. Yep, 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 yep. So, let's get out of like the out of this dislike thing, unless y'all have anything else that you want to add. <laughs> um, um, I guess you know now that we're basically a month removed from this this first season ending. Um, how does this? first season um fair you know now that we're we have the whole product we can watch the whole thing all at once not have to wait you know week by week over for over 10 weeks does this season get better is it worse does it stay the same um now that we have the whole product as a first season um yeah we always say this like when we're watching a serialized story we're watching it one week at a time. Like, how does that change when we watch it on a binge? Does it get better? Does it get worse? But, like, we're not watching a serialized story here. Like, we know, hey, this week's over. Next week, we'll pick up something new. And, sure, there are some plot threads that run through mm -hmm. this. So, like, you can't just watch this in any order. I know that was the thing. Like, Gene Roddenberry literally created the original series. You can watch an episode in season three, then season one, then season two... You can literally just pick and choose at random and you'll be you'll know everything you need to know. You can't quite do that with this, right? There cuz there are some some things you need to know as you move along. Um but that said, this was an enjoy very enjoyable to rewatch. Like rewatching Discovery to like do our retrospective. I couldn't even finish it. I honestly I couldn't I did not finish Picard. I ran out of time I, to finish Picard. And I was like, eh, 
doesn't matter really you know i wasn't all that interested <laughs> you know like yeah whatever so like i didn't even get to finish rewatching those two seasons um for our for our retrospectives but like for this one i was like i need to make i need to make sure i rewatch all of these before we talk about them and i think that's that's the mark of a successful season is when you're like i need not ah, yeah maybe i should right i need to rewatch all these episodes and it was it was such a fun ride it really was and so i think it gets better that's the answer okay very good yeah i mean i i agree it it was it was tough even uh <clears throat> thinking about rewatching some of the the things that we have watched over the past, you know, 20 or so years we've been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This was really the first time it was like, it was enjoyable to sit down and, and watch. And like, you know, my girlfriend knows nothing about Star Trek aside from what I've shown her, which has effectively been Strange New Worlds. <laughs> and like a little bit of Enterprise, a little bit of TNG. Uh, and I think that's about it. But like someone who, doesn't watch star trek has never watched any star trek really enjoyed this season and her favorite episode was our musical episode because of the music kind of like chase you know just nerding out over it um basically as a season (laughs) though because i don't have to i don't have to worry about like some big bad guy or be let down by what it winds up being as i feel like we've been let down a few times it was so enjoyable to go back and just watch something that didn't have to be interconnected but had some running themes again stuff that we already said in the likes had a crew that i cared about and knew more about had all the deltas that we've been pouring over and it it just it wound up overall being such a, a better experience of, of, you know, television watching or streaming or whatever you want to call it nowadays than anything we've really watched. And, and I, I also love prodigy. I think prodigy was another one that held up very well, but like sometimes live action just, just kicks animations, butt, and there's nothing that can be done about it. But it was it was very enjoyable, even with some of the stuff towards the end that I I don't really agree with. So, yeah. I uh, I just think in short, like these this usually I'm not a big fan, which is kind of weird. But like I'm usually not the biggest fan of the first season of something, um, for whatever reason. But this was just like really good like um I, I i i i hate to compare you know because i know what trouble i'm gonna get in um but i really like this just really reminds me of like stargate sg1 like i really thought like sg1 had like a really solid first season for the most part and to me like that's just kind of like what i think of when i think of of strange new worlds as a first season it was just really solid I think it it gets I think it does get better. 
Um, and it somehow becomes more enjoyable the more you watch this particular show. So um, I'm very happy with it, and I, I would definitely recommend this um, this show um, for for rewatch value. I mean, especially since like there's like no real baggage with it. I mean, like let's be honest, like there's like yeah, you gotta like watch some stuff, but like there's no like real like you miss one, you're gonna miss everything type of thing. Um, so overall, very very good. I think it fares very well as a season. It's not a one-off. It it just it does get better the more you watch it. So, um, so guys, I guess with that, um, you know, over the course of the season, like you know, we've done with all our shows that we've watched, all the episodes that we've watched, we've given um, individual you know uh, ratings, and that's resulted in like our overall average ratings both together and individually and um, um, I'm going to give you all the opportunity to like you know amend stuff if you want to or talk about ratings in general if you want to um, but just looking at the 10 episodes that we reviewed um, Eric your overall average rating for this season um, averaged out to be a 7.83 or just a 7.8 David's was an 8.22 or an 8.2 and mine was basically an 8.5. So would you change your overall rating basically for this particular season? Uh, yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Short answer. Yes. Long answer. David said it earlier. I think some of us came into our ratings with a little bit of trepidation and i even said it like when chase was getting to ready to rate um children of the comet i was like chase i know you're about to go big (laughs) temper yourself because like we had just come off like depressing disappointing and to discovery depressing disappointing and to picard we were all let down and this show comes out right out of the gate and kicks us right in the butt and says, here you go. This is all everything you could want. And I was trying to be like, yeah, hold your horses. Like, don't like, <laughs> yes, it's what I want, but like, hold my horses. And I literally thought, I Chase, when you when you were like, I'm about to go big here on this children of the comment, I was like, Chase about to whip out like a 9.8 or something. <laughs> and it's like. I was like, Chase, slow down. He's like, he's like 9.25. I was like, okay, that's fair. Um, and then I was even like on some of the other episodes, like Ghost of Illyria and Memento Mora. I even like gave Memento Mora a 9.2. And then like, I think I really messed up on Spock and Muck, right? I mean, you just, <laughs> I mean, just look at the ratings difference between mine and what, what you two gave. So like, I stand by my rating for the first episode, Strange New Worlds. I think that is just, that's a solid episode. Okay. Good character introductions. Great idea of like, go ahead, blow yourselves up, go to war. What do I care? But maybe you could try and reach for something better. I think that's a great Star Trek idea, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I think I, my rating for that is fair, but like children of the comet, Ghost of Valyria, Mental Mori, and Spockamock. I was still like holding myself back, like in all of those episodes. And on this rewatch, all of those should be rated higher for me. Like, 
I'm not gonna like go overboard on any of them, but like Children of the Comet is easily like a 9.4. Like honestly, it really is. Like that episode is everything you could want from a Star Trek episode. And at 9.4 is is very high. That's that's a very high rating. Um, Ghost of Valeria is fine. Like there's there's more of a like moral quandary there. I wouldn't put it too much higher because I still think like you have a failure of command from both Una and Mbenga. So I might move that up like a little bit, maybe like a 7.5. I wouldn't push it any real higher than that. Memento Mori, I would go up to like a 9.5. And then Spock Amok. Yeah, I, the reason why I rated Spock Amok low, I'm, st- I'm looking at that. Like I gave it a 7.6 and David's like, I was listening because this is the week I didn't record with you guys. Yep. And so I'm listening to the podcast back and David comes out with a 9.3. Okay. Chase comes out with a 9.2 and then I come out with a (laughs) 7.6. Those are just like so far off. It's like hard. Did we watch the same episode? (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, what did I miss here that they saw? Because I thought of, the, oh, it's just one of those day off. We're taking a day off, you know, not much is going on. I didn't even, like, give it Deltas because I said it's not really the point. But, like, there is, there's, like, there's a good, dipl- there's diplomacy in here. Yeah. Good, dipl- like, good diplomacy. It's not just, you know, a throwaway day off episode. Like, Pike figures out what these people want. I forget, they're the Rongovians, I think is what their name is. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yep. But like, and then there's so many great character moments in that. I don't think that episode's a nine. Like, I, th- I think you both need to slow your roll on that. Because <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's better than like the premiere episode, or I don't think it's better than um, "Lift Us, We're Suffering." Don't lift us, we're suffering. Cannot reach. But it's it's I would jump it up like probably a whole point to like eight point five, eight point six. So, like, I was still in slow your roll, like, you know, mode. So that, I mean, I stand by my ratings for the for the end of it. I don't think I don't think I want to change those. That boosts my rating up to, like, a little over an eight. But at the same time, I think this is better than the, the sum of its parts. Like, I think we said the same thing about Prodigy. Now... Prodigy has higher highs than this one than this season, I think. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I, I still think Time and Luck is the best episode of the past year that we've seen. And like a moral star is probably is probably one of the closest things to like a perf to like a really like what is the vision of Star Trek? I don't think you're gonna get an episode that's better than that. Yeah. Um and this series I think has a little bit lower lows. So on the whole, I think Prodigy probably is a little bit better than this. I know David is like, just said live action trumps uh, animation and it's going to, but I, I still think Prodigy, I think on the whole delivered a more a more solid season. Um, and to me, for me, that's just me. So I would give this season as a whole probably like an 8.6. I I really enjoyed this season. Okay. Very good. What do you got, Lieutenant Commander? I will also issue a couple of corrections here. 
So Children of the Comet, originally an 8.9, needs to jump up to a 9.5. It's the best episode of the season, and I stand by the 9.4 and the 9.3. So the 9.4 for Memento Mori and then the 9.3 for Spock and Buck. So if I think it's better than the two of those, it has to be higher than the two of those. Um, I was kind of thinking a little bit more of Ghost of Illyria, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. However, for Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach, I'm, I'm going to have to give that a little bit of a bump as well. I'd have to go back and listen to my thought process there, but I'm going to just trip it just slightly up to an 8.7 to kind of bring it where, where really where you guys are. Um, so only kind of a, a slight, slight lift. Um, but the rest, I, I think, I think I'm pretty happy. I, I can, I can live with the, the rest of the scores there, the ratings there. Um, so I, I will say that agreeing with Eric that Prodigy probably told a better overall story, um, just yeah. in, a, in, a, in its own way. So when I said live action trumps animation in most cases, I, I think that this season had the, the the makings of something that would have probably trumped every recent new bit of Star Trek, but it did fall a little flat towards the end. And it sort of felt like, I don't know, it felt like we just changed writers because at the beginning, we're showing we're showcasing everything we got we got to serene squall and it's like well i mean this is fine it's not like a great episode but it's it's fine you have the tweedling you've got the sort of a bit of overacting there the switcheroo and uh you know it wasn't bad it was fine it was it was applicable but then the final three episodes and i think we've all sort of talked about this in in past seasons of everything else what the heck is it with not wanting to finish strong like yeah why why do we always have to miss the mark on the very end of the season why did we have to kill a main character well that main character might be a little strong for him or but why did we have to kill you know in quotations a main character and then also disembark lay on in, in there as well it's like why why exactly did we have to make that decision because i think i don't remember which one of you it was but one of you said or maybe both said this felt like the end of the season. Yeah, and yeah, all those who yeah, yeah. We both said that. Yeah, we yeah, did. and it's like so. This felt like the end of the season, but wait, there's more. Um, so I, I feel I felt like we kind of false started there towards the end, and then we false started again. When you think about it, because it's like it ended, and then here we go again. Yeah. So I, I just that for me just kind of. It, it, it hurts a little bit because of how how awesome <laughs> like the the first the first six episodes were May seventh episode and then we started just started declining a little bit there but you know overall it was it was a really enjoyable season I really like the characters I like the actors playing the characters I like the portrayals of the characters from the actors playing the characters the portrayals and all that so I think like average right now is 8.3. I would bump it just a wee bit higher for, for just an overall, from an overall watch perspective. Um, and I feel like, 
I might just come in a little bit under Eric, which is weird. So I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can go off the gut here. Cause if I do that, then it's going to set a precedent. Um, man, my first in- instinct was just to say an eight, five. I, I think I'm going to stick my, with that. That was my, my, my first thing was eight, five, two. Okay. So then I was like, uh, yeah, say eight, six. Yeah. But I, I was going to say eight, five. I'm gonna run the eight five. I think I think that that's okay with me. Okay. So guys, I um when we were watching Children of the Comet, like the first time, I, you know, I seriously like wanted to come in like with like a ten, <laughs> but I knew I would have been like, you know, jeered at or something, and I was like maybe I'll come in like at a nine eight, and then I heard y'all talking about stuff. I'm like. Eh. Okay, I got it. I got to give it a nine, but anyway, like, I think like I have, you know, like children of the comet is like my favorite episode of like the year. So it has to be the highest rated for me has to be higher than even dare I say memento mori. So I'm not going to give it a 10. I won't go crazy. Okay. But I will amend mine to what I originally wanted, basically. That's going to be a 9-8. I love the heck out of this episode, and I don't need to justify myself anymore. So, uh... <laughs> I don't have to answer to you. <laughs> Get transfer. Get transfer. All right. Um, but, like, with, with the rest of them, like, I don't really know if I'd really, you know, tweak things too much. Like, um... I don't know. I I liked all of them. You know, the thing that I would tweak is the order of the last two. I would just put do Elysian Kingdom, then Equality of Mercy, and then All Those Who Wander. That's what I would tweak. Change the order they aired the episode. Yep. And I would even recommend watching it in that order as well. I mean, but then we do have the little cliffhanger at the end of Equality of Mercy. Eh... It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But, you know, I think, you know, like with mine, like it doesn't change that much. Like my overall was what, an 8.5. So, I mean, this was really good except for like those last four episodes for crying out loud. And, um, I would probably um, just give it like an 8-7 for the season, right? I think that's just kind of like where I'm I'm at. Whoa, come on now. There we go. Yeah, 8-7. Eight, eight, I mean, which puts us at like an 8-6 overall, like amongst the three of us for, for this first season, which is really good. I mean, like, let's just look at what we got so far. Like, um, our our overall ratings for... Uh, well, we have an asterisk, so I can't really do that math. But um, let me just do this real quick. This is good podcasting, y'all. <laughs> so good. So we have an uh, one an eight point eight seven or an eight point nine for prod for Prodigy one A. Um, we haven't done that yet. Uh, a six point eight overall for Picard season two, and um, a six five overall for uh, Discovery. Wow, season four. 
so I think it's I think it's doing pretty good. I mean, like eight point six for for Strange New Worlds, and uh, what did we say? Um, come on now, eight point eight for for Prodigy. So there we go. That's it. That is it. We have one more show to talk about, and uh, we will definitely do that. And that'll definitely be, um, you know, that that one little itty bitty show that no one likes. I'm kidding. It's Lower Decks we'll be talking about next uh, in preparation. Is that why you call it itty bitty? Because it's Lower Decks? Ha ha! Ah! Commander's got jokes. It's late. Get us out of here. <laughs> Not yet. We have to talk about the most important part of the show. I know, I know. Twitter poll! <laughs> Alright, let's talk about the Twitter poll. So, guys, I asked this really important question. Which Strange New Worlds character would make the best Disney animated character? Here we go. I'll say that again. Which Strange New Worlds character would make the best Disney animated character? Choices are Spock, Chapel, Hammer, or Tagus? Best animated character. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna say Nurse Chapel because she's already a, like a very animated character. Okay. She's a little cartoon. I mean, you could say like, you know, um, the Helmsman. Ortegas. Ortegas, because she's already like the comical, <laughs> cartoonic character on the show. But I just don't like her character. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So Ortega's Hammer, Chapel, who was the last one? Spock. Spock. I. Uh, are you ready for a logical Pixar movie? <laughs> All of those toys died at the end of Toy Story Three. Live long and prosper. Well, they're no. back in Toy Story Just, Four. Anyway, I don't can, know can which you, one we're on. <laughs> Look, can, I don't know. Um, but uh, didn't I just explain that I don't watch new stuff very often? <laughs> uh, I, I I think I think Chapel kind of does fit into that sort of like uh, almost like anti Disney princess thing that we kind of <laughs> have now, where it's it's not like the, I mean, because a lot of the Disney princesses were super archetypes, and you know yeah. now we have we're, we're starting yeah. to focus on what like real women are, which is good. So Chapel, yeah, with her with her big old eyes and her blonde hair, uh, go ahead, go Chapel, go. Okay, all right, yeah. Can you imagine like Inside Out two, Spock's brain, <laughs> right? <laughs> they have one button, logic. <laughs> you have lost all control. <laughs> all right, let's go to the results. Coming in in last place. With zero percent of the vote, Ortegas. All right, here we go. Coming in in third place with eleven point one percent of the vote, Spock. All right, our runner-up with one third of the vote, thirty-three point three percent, Mr. Swan Dive himself, Hemmer which means our winner coming in 
with a beating, I should say. 55.6% of the vote, Chapel. There we go. There we go. For some reason, like, I think of like, um, like the, like the Rapunzel version that you see like entangled, like with her for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. So even though she's got like short platinum hair, I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but, but I was think like, uh, my daughter watches this, um, tangled ever after show on Disney plus and it's like life, you know, after like the movie ended and like Rapunzel's like living in the castle, like with her parents and stuff. But like, there's this side character named Cassandra who apparently is the daughter of mother Gothel. Figure that one out. Um, I just think of like Ortegas is like that kind of character. So, Anyway, that's it, y'all. That's that's it. We're we're done. We're we're so done. <laughs> so, oh, anyways, guys, thank you so much for 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 chit chatting and going down uh, memory lane, talking about strange new worlds with me. Always appreciate uh, the conversation and the time spent with y'all. Um, we'll have to do this again sometime. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, all y'all in listener lane, what do you think? Uh, what did you think of our of our take, you know, in terms of what we liked, we didn't like, and the themes, and just the stuff that we were jibber-jabbering about? We would love to uh, to hear from you. Uh, you can uh, let us know your thoughts. Check us out, trtvpod.com. Check out our um, Hailing Frequencies portion of our webpage, where you can leave us a comment there. Also, make a um, show suggestion, because words are hard for right now. Um, on that, if you do want to just email us directly, you can do that by entering in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. Now since the voice only transmission, 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before some kind of switcheroo happens and strange shenanigans ensue. Um, other than that, if you want to, you know, mail us something, like, I don't know, um, a crown or a sweet sword, or a little puppy dog. That's cool. Just poke holes in the box, by the way. Um, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.